Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And with me, as always, is the producer of the show, Tony Palacio. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing awesome. Yeah, you called me the president when we had to start all over again. Yeah, we had to start all over again. <laughs> I was so. president for a day, and then we decided to re-record. <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember as a kid, they would do the, uh, at school, they would do the principal for the day, you know, and they'd be like, I, you know, you know, longer recesses or something, right. you know, but they wouldn't actually get to do anything, you know, so you got that same thing. Uh, so, so congratulations. Yes. Uh, praise God. We're so excited to have you back with us for the Good Fight Radio Show. We are so blessed by you guys sticking out with us as we get ready to hopefully have Joe back here very soon. He's been doing a lot better. I think people have been asking. So I try to give answers to that as we head into the new year. Uh, hopefully we'll have Joe. Hopefully I'm not going to give any, we don't do promises here anyway. We make our yes, our yes, and our no, we know. But, uh, but nonetheless, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we get him back. We want, but last time, just so you guys know, the last time he was so excited that he went up and preached and he preached himself into the hospital. <laughs> so, uh, and if you know Joe, his heart is to be here. His heart is to listen and share and everything. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm excited to hopefully have him back when we can. But um, what we do is we won't uh, press them too early on that heart. We want to, you, we ask you for you guys' prayers to continue to pray for Pastor Joe as we hope that he will start feeling even better and better and better and the Lord will do just miraculous work so we can continue to do awesome work with him in the Lord. So Amen. with all that, I also want to just say thank you guys because I know you guys have been praying. It's been continual. I had people write me, hey, we actually as a family pray for Joe every morning. I mean, what a... What an absolute blessing! And guys, I, you know, somebody had read a statistic, and I and I, please don't you know hold me to this because it's not my own. But somebody had read Joe's statistic, and it made him his eyes water up a little bit. This people with AFib that actually contract uh, the virus have a fifty percent chance of survival uh, that go into the hospital. So. Um, you know, it's like a coin flip <laughs> there. But when you have the Lord, mm-hmm. um, we we trust the Lord regardless um, whether Joe went then or is, you know, going to minister alongside of us for another 40 years. Uh, we trust the Lord either way because he is the one who is the constant uh, hope, a hope, which this episode is not about hope uh, as much. I'm going to be doing an episode later this week covering uh, our hope and what biblically what hope is versus what the world has uh, in terms of what their uh, their definition of hope is. But I just wanted to thank you guys. I want to thank you guys also who have come alongside us on Patreon and continue to support the ministry. And uh, hopefully we'll be doing some uh, more videos on there and stuff. I know um, one of the issues, just so you know, for our Patreon subscribers, one of the issues is my computer at home, which is what I usually download all these things, all the videos on for you guys on there, um, is full. So when I go to do edits, uh, I don't have any room for it because all the projects we are currently working on. Uh, so praise God. And, and you know, you guys have continued to listen, even though we haven't had Joe on the show. We've seen the numbers are still doing great. You guys are continuing to listen. So we wanted to thank you guys for that. And hopefully you guys are having a new, a great new year. And, and I want to talk about a subject that is really important to me. It's important for us to recognize because I believe this is something that now in this day and age with Twitter 
and TikTok and all the video streaming services and whatever, people have this access to celebrities. People have this access point to think that they actually know and talk to the celebrities. In fact, I was talking to someone who was like, hey man, I've been trying to talk to this guy. He doesn't respond to me. And he was actually talking about a celebrity, wondering why he hasn't responded to him. Now, I can tell you this from somebody who runs our social media outlet. It is almost, it's hard for us and we have nothing compared to the amount of messages or, or crazy fandom that other people have. It's not even remotely close. It is hard for me to get to every question and everything that comes in. So I cannot imagine uh, those celebrities and, and, and so forth. But I think something that takes place is something that is addressed in scripture and it is the envying of the wicked. It is the lifting up celebrities that are actually in misery and not understanding uh, where our place is in Christ and not understanding what it truly means for them and what it what celebrity looks like because I think it's a lot darker and uglier than what Satan has told people. And he's dangled this like a carrot in front of people. You know, I read I remember reading uh, it was a it was an internet meme, but it said, if you think you have it bad, just know that somebody from your hometown is still trying to make it as a rapper. And I'm not saying, you know, you know, I don't want to come down against you, you know, trying to achieve some goal or something, not necessarily that. But I remember thinking about that because I have a, a friend where that is exactly what's going on. He's trying to make it as a rapper. And if you guys know anything about Simi Valley, it is a suburb. Um, it was for many years the lowest rated crime rate in the country for any cities of 100,000 or more for a number of years. And then the neighboring city, Thousand Oaks, would be a little bit of a battle. But over the last few years, it's really fallen down quite a bit because of a lot of the drug use and so forth uh, that have taken place. There's been really a, a heroin epidemic here in our local city. But nonetheless, it is not a city that is crime-ridden uh, in terms of other areas. And so I remember even before I was saved, hearing some of my friends' music talking about you know, growing up on the streets and having to, you know, bust a cap and all these things. I'm like, I don't know if he's ever shot a gun outside of a shooting range. Um, I don't believe this this man had, but it broke my heart because I remember uh, just a couple years ago, he had been doing this rap thing, you know, and all of his songs have to do with smoking weed and, and most of his music videos that they record are him on top of other people's cars smoking weed. And it kind of just made me sad for him because Satan does this masterful job of getting people like him to look up to guys like the Snoop Dogs and and these rappers and and that they look up to them so much. They want to be so much like them. And they're miserable for the fact that they are not like them and they just want to be that and want to reach and attain that goal. And yet the people that have already attained that goal are in misery themselves. And this is why they're using copious amounts of drugs, alcohol, and so forth. And Satan does a masterful job of keeping both miserable, both those who have, a quote-unquote, attained it and those who are looking for it. And he does a good job at this because what it does is it shifts our focus away from yearning after God. The fact is, is that Acts chapter 17 tells us exactly why we've been born in our house, on our family, in the times and the places of our habitation. Why have we been born there? To seek, grope, and find our God so if he can distract us so that we're trying to find the things of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, all of these songs and, and whatever it is, celebritism that people want. I remember I used to always, I still do, I, I go out and share the gospel a lot on in Santa Monica. Uh, it's a great place on Third Street Promenade. 
there's always a lot of people, so you get a lot of uh, an eclectic group, and you get to talk about a lot of different things. But I I have this uh, addiction of sharing the gospel ever since I came to Christ, and I remember going out on Third Street sharing the gospel, and then I would get home at one, two, three in the morning, whatever time it was, and then I would go online and try to debate people on there <laughs> online. And I remember I was going back and forth with somebody, and this guy would troll a lot of different Christian pages, and it was before. Um, I was running a, a, a good fight or anything um, at the time, so I didn't even know, like, ba- I basically had no idea how the pages work, because nowadays you're able to hide people, block people, and all that stuff. Back then, it was just your page, and when people wrote on your page, it was just, like, normal, like you wrote it. It was very weird, and they kind of fixed that, which is good. But there was one guy, and I remember him talking about, like, you Christians, if God loved you so much, why aren't you, like, Brad and Angelina? You know, because he does love us so much. <laughs> yeah, thank God I'm not like them. And I remember thinking, like, could you have not found someone like a little more happy? Right. Like, because you're not someone like Angelina Jolie looks miserable. And by the way, uh, did a tor- terrible job with my grandpa's old friend, somebody who my gra- who actually had my grandpa pray the sinner's prayer. I don't know where my grandpa's actually at, but um, prayed the sinner's prayer a long time ago. Louise Zamperini. Uh, she was looking for hope. She was looking for a purpose so to speak. This is with all her money. This is after Brad Pitt and her, I believe, had split up because uh, she said he was abusing the kids and a lot of different things, right? He had all the looks, right? That's the thing you say, right? Like, oh, you know, how's that guy in terms of looks? Oh, he's no Brad Pitt. You know what I mean? Like, that, <laughs> he's the reference point, right? For good looks. And he had everything. Uh, had Was married to Gwyneth Paltrow, broke up with her, was married to Jennifer Aniston, cheated on her with Angelina Jolie. And now I believe he just took his last... Uh, what would have been the anniversary of him and Angelina Jolie and took some 20-year-old model to stay in the place they stayed for their honeymoon, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, her and Angelina. So, so the pettiness, you know, and you see the misery in that, you know. And, you know, Brad Pitt is a person, and I don't have him in my notes here. I have a, a number of quotes I want to get to, and I really want to exegete some text here. But Brad Pitt's a person that uh, his fa- he grew up as a Christian. Um, I I know that uh, I believe... and. I believe there there's a Christian actor, and I'm 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 not remembering exactly who it is, who actually came to faith because he was on a movie set and was given a Bible by Brad Pitt a long time ago. Oh wow! Yeah, pretty 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 intense. <laughs> but uh, but nonetheless, it, it's it's one of those things. He is somebody who's obviously miserable, you know, and you can see it in his face. His his face is deteriorating now. You know, I think all the cigarettes and 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 stuff haven't helped much. You know, I remember he was caught smoking. A, weed through an apple, something that kids do because they don't have enough money to buy a bong. Like, it's like the weirdest stuff from these guys, uh, you know, and you're like, this is pretty sad. And then you see the broken relationships and the damages. And like I said, the accusing of, of child abuse and so forth. So I just thought it's really interesting that, first of all, you chose that one. Um, but second of all, the fact is these are the ones you point to that this is what happiness is. The achievement of having people follow you around with cameras when you're even in the privacy of your own home, right? Uh, from a distance, right? Lurking and, and all this stuff. Like, that's what you want in this life? That's 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 what you want? And it's what Satan does an excellent job of, is getting our eyes off of the prize, getting our eyes off of the prize that is Jesus Christ. And this is not something that is foreign to those who have even written scripture. Psalm 73, I think, is one of the most powerful psalms, and there's so much to this text. And I want to examine it. I want to examine it in light of a few different things that I have written down concerning some quotes from celebrities. 
And I want, what I'm going to do is exegete some text, and when we get to a certain point, I want to read some of those quotes so that you guys can hear it right from their own mouth. And this is one of the articles I'll read from is an article that I have up. Uh, maybe we'll switch it over to Good Fight because we don't use that website anymore. But on our Revivas page, um, we have we have an article covering when the actor Corey Monteith passed away uh, from a heroin overdose who was on the show Glee. But but nonetheless, I want to read from Psalm 73 because it is a powerful psalm, and I love it because it does what a lot of movies now do, where they give you the ending at the beginning of the psalm. And he starts it off with, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. And he starts it off by letting us know his not his thesis is also his conclusion in this. So before he goes into a time in which he was struggling and a lot of people will point out that this was probably written during the Babylonian captivity. So you think about all the horrible things that was being done to Israel at that time. But I want to I want you to see how he not only navigates the issue and explains this, and I and I believe that God has put this in the Word for us. I believe God has put these specific texts in the Word for us so that we would not have these things befallen us, that we would not fall into these pits, because this is something that happened to somebody in Israel at this time, a psalm of Asaph. So, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Solidify in your heart that no matter what you're going through, start it off with, I know that God is good. Before you start wondering about what's going on, before you start wondering why are all these things taking place, start it off in your heart that you've solidified, I know that God is good. That is something that I know. I've held, I'm going to hold on to that precious and magnificent promise before I go into any situation of looking into anything that's going on. Start from that point. Verse 2, but as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped. Why did they almost slip? Why did he almost stumble? For I was envious of the arrogant as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death, and their body is fat. He's not calling them fat as a bad thing. It's as a good thing, right? He's not. They're not emaciated. They have food at all times, right? They're not in trouble as other men, nor they are plagued like mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. The garment of violence covers them. They are bulges from the, their eyes bulge from their fatness, and the imaginations of their heart run riot. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression. They speak from on high. They have set their mouth against the heavens. Their tongue parades through the earth. Therefore, his people return from this place, and waters of abundance are drunk by them. They say, how does God know? And there is no knowledge with the Most High. Behold, these are the wicked, and always at ease. They have increased in wealth. So he's looking at this. He's seeing, wait a second. They always have food. They always have this, but they're wicked. They hate God. They don't love God, but they have all these things. So he has the, he's envisioned in his heart, he's envisioned in his heart that the wicked get everything and everything is fine. They're, they're, they're fat, dumb, and happy, right? So to speak. They got their money, right? They say these wicked things and, and look at this, God, why is this all, why is this all happening? And it gets worse. He said, surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands of innocence. So he has taken it from the wicked have all this stuff and yet they hate God to now look at this. I'm, I've, in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I worshipped God. There it comes to a place that looking at the wicked, looking at the money and the celebrity and all this stuff that has brought him to a place where he says, 
Surely in vain I've kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence. I've done all this. I follow God for nothing. For I have stricken all day long and chastened every morning. If I, if I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have betrayed the generation of my children. When I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight. And I want to go back. Here's the vision he has of celebritism. It's the red carpet vision. It's the highlights. It's like, wow, but look at this. He's married to her and, you know, Taylor Swift got to date all these guys and this guy gets to hook up with all these girls and they have all this money, but he's not recognizing their end and he will. But before I get to that, I wanted to show you guys something. Now, this came from an article and I'll start off with some death, which is sad, but this is true. And I think this will go better along the lines of a, of a verse later, but I'm already looking and Tony hasn't given me a time, but I'm looking at that meter and it's going pretty quick. So I'm going to try to get through these quotes because I think they're powerful for us to understand what is then understood in this text. And I, I do believe that God is giving us his word, which is living, is active, and it is spoken very clearly, and it speaks to every single culture that has ever, exi ever existed in this world, and it speaks to this culture as well. But in an article by Standard Media, it catalogs a number of celebrities who most recently have died, typically to drug overdose and so forth, but or suicide, Prince, Robin Williams, the DJ Avicii. And this is what it says, quote, In all of these cases, there is a disturbingly similar trend. In most instances, the celebrities led lonely, depressed, drug-fueled lives, which they kept hidden behind a facade of fake smiles and glamorous lives. And I think when you look at Psalm 73, you see that fake smile. You see those who are completely, you know, everything's fine. It's all good, right? This is great. This is what you should want. This is what you should yearn after. What are the things, what are the goals you should set for this new year for your life? You know what it should be? I should want to be that celebrity. I hope that everyone knows me. Maybe I'll be a famous TikToker. In fact, we went out sharing the gospel recently on Third Street, and this guy had moved away from his entire family across the entire country to Santa Monica in order to be a famous TikToker. Now, what is he? A homeless guy on the streets. And so Satan doesn't care care if you are Corey Monteith, if you are Robin Williams, if you are Prince or Avicii or all any of these celebrities who he can chew up and spit out and, and gloss up and then get other people to yearn to be that way. He doesn't care if you're the homeless guy on the street who thought he was going to be a famous TikToker or a famous actress or the one he convinced to do, somebody convinced, he sent someone, a children of disobedience, to convince you to do porn after you left your family from the Midwest to get stardom. And while this is an easy way to make money, he doesn't care if you're the one who will always be the local rapper. He doesn't care which one you are. But as long as you don't put your eyes back, as long as you don't look back to God and actually figure out what the issue is, in that same article I had mentioned earlier covering Corey Monteith's death to a heroin overdose, I quote Shia LaBeouf, the actor who most recently has had a, I think he just went into rehab again. Uh, this one was in reaction to, which I'm guessing it's what his PR firm told him to do, but uh, this was in reaction to allegations of abuse, abusing his last uh, girlfriend. And this is a quote from him. He says, quote, sometimes I feel like I'm living a meaningless life. I know I am one of the luckiest dudes in America right now. I have a great house. My parents don't have to work. I've got money. I'm famous. But it could all change, man. It could all go away. You never know. Why am I an alcoholic? I haven't a blinking clue. What is life about? I don't know. 
Most asters on most day, most days don't think they're worthy. I have no idea where this insecurity come from, but it's a God-sized hole. If I knew, I'd fill it and I'd be on my way. Guys, the truth is, it is a God-sized hole. You don't have God, you don't know God, and you're yearning for the things of this world that will never satisfy. You will always be chasing the oasis, looking for a drop to drink. And Satan sometimes will get you a couple droplets, but eventually he'll keep getting you chasing and distracted away from the truth of God's word and keep you away from salvation. That's what he wants. Don't let it happen. And don't also be where Asaph was, where he was looking towards these wicked and envying their ways. Harry Potter's own Daniel Radcliffe said this about having being followed all the time. He said, the quickest way to forget about the fact that you were being watched was to get very drunk. Then as you get very drunk, you become aware, oh, people are watching more now because I'm getting very drunk. So I should probably drink more to ignore that more. Part of the, part of the thing is the expectation that you should be delighted all the time. You have, to, you have a great job. You're wealthy. You don't have a right to not be excited about this the thing all the time. I think that's a pressure as well. You suddenly start to feel, man, I'm just feeling some human emotion of sadness. Does that mean I'm doing this wrong? Am I not doing good at being famous? Billie Eilish, the famous singer, said uh, that the one thing that helps her through the hardships is the euphoric feeling she gets when she's on sing- on stage singing her demonic songs. Oh, sorry, that was my, my added uh, commentary on her music. Uh, quote, someone was asking if, like, how much of it's miserable and how much of it's not? I was just like, it's 50-50. Half of it's horrible and half of it's unbelievably amazing and completely priceless. So it's okay to do the trash. Kylie Jenner, speaking about her own anxiety, said, I wake up, I woke up every morning with the worst anxiety. I don't know why. I have like a problem. I wake up every morning like it's seven or eight because I think there's going to be a bad story about me and I have to check. My worst fear is waking up and finding something bad about me on the internet. It's bad enough when you parade yourself around naked all over the internet and then wonder why. Um, you feel anxiety towards people writing bad things about it. And it's pretty sad. These young girls have been foisted the celebritism uh, upon themselves. Uh, Her sister becoming famous um, because she made a sex tape and then, you know, happened to be rich and made a sex tape, became a debutante and so forth. And the Bible says this, the wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are bold as a lion. That's the thing is if you have nothing to hide, and I'm not talking about sexually exploiting yourself, but if you have nothing to hide in terms of your deeds, it's something that you should be righteous and bold as a lion. It is those who are wicked that flee at the sound of a little mouse, right? When no one's coming after them. And that, that's, that's the feeling. But what and where do we get our mind renewed? What happened for the psalmist that verse 1 would solidify the conclusion at his thesis? That God is always good. I'll, I'll start back one verse. It says, When I pondered all these things, the things we talked about, the envying of the wicked and where they are, when I pondered these things to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight. Until when? Verse 17. Until I came into the sanctuary of God, then I perceived their end. It was not until he had his mind renewed in the sanctuary of God where he started to understand, wait a second. This is not always going to be this way. 
wait a second, the things that Daniel Radcliffe and Billie Eilish and Kylie Jenner and Shia LaBeouf and Tom Brady and all these celebrities that are actually miserable, now I'm recognizing what's going on when I went into the sanctuary of God. Where do you go when your mind is wandering and envying the things of this world? Where do you go? Guys, go into the sanctuary of God. Go be with brothers and sisters in Christ. Go meet God where he is at his word and rely upon the Holy Spirit that you would not envy the things of this world. But then this is what happens. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. How they are destroyed in a moment. They are utterly swept away by sudden terrors. Like a dream when one awakes. Oh Lord, when aroused, you will despise their form. When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant and I was like a beast before you. That's something that I don't think that's a problem to recognize. Wait a second, Lord. What was I thinking? When I was envying the wicked, what was I thinking? When I was looking at the things of this world and letting it glisten in my eye, what was I thinking? My heart was becoming embittered. I was pierced. I was senseless, ignorant, and like a beast. I was like an animal. What was I thinking? Thinking this thought. That is why we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's why we have our mind renewed in what the scriptures say, so that we wouldn't be taken captive by the enemy in this manner. That he would not be able to glisten as he does like the wine full in its, in its mixture towards those who would like to be drunk. That we wouldn't look at the things of this world, the lust of the eyes. That we wouldn't look at those things and say, man, I wish I could have that boyfriend like Miley Cyrus or I guess a girlfriend, she has both of them. Um, oh, I wish I could have that guy or that girl or this or that or why don't I like them? The envying, envying, doing those things, which the Bible is very clear we should not. You know what you look like? Senseless and ignorant and like a beast before the Lord. Because you're having a problem with the way he's made you and who he has made for you. And so you want to make sure that you keep your mind renewed in what the scriptures say. Verse 23, nevertheless, I am continually with you. You have taken a hold of my right hand. Woo! Are you kidding me? That's the God of the universe. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Look at that. This is a man whose feet almost slipped because he envied the wicked but at, at, at recompense, at, at recognizing, at when he recollected, I should say, when he recollected the fact that when he went into the sanctuary of God, he knows, wait a second, God, you hold my right hand. The God of the universe holds his right hand. He's continually with him. That's the same thing for you. If you know God, you love God, you are continually with him. He holds your right hand. How cool is that? This is him talking. I love this because this is him talking about a time where he almost stumbled. And at a time where he almost stumbled, when he was a beast before him, when he recognized that, turned to God and said, wait, God, what was I thinking? What does he respond with? Nevertheless, I'm continuing with that you have taken a hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you will guide me and afterward receive me to glory. Whom I have in heaven but you and beside you, I desire nothing on earth. Look at that. He went from envying the wicked and the things that they have to a place where when coming to the sanctuary of God, recognizing their hand, seeing the glory that is set before him with knowing God truly, continually holding his right hand, that he comes to a place, I desire nothing on earth. Can't you, can't you pray that in, in this new year that you say, Lord, I want to desire less and less of the things of this world. None of it will satisfy 
I want to look towards you. I love, guys, this is probably my favorite psalm. I'll probably have a different one tomorrow, but this is my favorite one today. I absolutely love this psalm. My flesh and my heart may fail, but my God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you will perish. You have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, the nearness, oh, that verse, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. If God is your refuge, if he holds your right hand, if he's continually next to you, if he is your heart and your portion forever, then what should you do? What's the last What's the last part of the last verse of this text? And I'm going to end it here. That I may tell of all your works. Go tell somebody. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.